You can normally tell someone's dedication to a result, especially when they use these words. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo. I'm the owner of Mojo Human Performance Institute, where we focus on business, mindset, and lifestyle hacking for driven mofos. And the reason why I do these podcasts or these episodes is because most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. All right, let's talk about something cool today. Let's talk about human behavior and how you can easily understand and tell if someone's committed to a result or an outcome or whether they're just consistently using smoke screens to delay the inevitable, which is normally them not getting results. All right, so when you're talking to someone, you'll hear people say, I should do that. Or, yeah, I might do it later on. Or, you know, oh, one day, you know, you get those fantasy people that are like, yeah, one day I'll go to the gym and one day I'll start a business and one day I'll do this. These are normally words that just delay making a decision. Now, most people in our society who aren't getting the results that they want in life have a very common pattern. And that common pattern is poor decision-making skills. That's it. Most decisions get delayed they get put off. And when someone does make a decision, it's normally a rush, a rush decision and they're not clear on what they want. And so because of that, they fuck it up, which then they beat themselves up, feel bad about making decisions. And then they just keep delaying decision-making. And so the majority of times when I'm on the phone and I'm talking to business owners and I'm talking to people in general, you'll hear them say things like, yeah, I should do that. Oh yeah, my husband or my wife should do that. Oh, my friends should do this. And what happens is they're projecting onto other people that other people should change instead of them. That's number one. Number two is that they will be creating a smoke screen so that they don't have to make a decision. Another thing that I consistently hear is I've got to go and check with my husband or my wife. Now, if you're a business owner and you've got to go check with your partner, who's running the fucking company? This is something that most business owners make the mistake of when they're a partnership as a husband and wife. Now, I know I'm probably pissing a lot of people off in here where you go, yeah, but you know, okay, in, in business, if you want to run a shitty business, the best way to do that is to have multiple decision makers in any in any area of the business. Now, some of you are gonna be fuming right now, but that's the truth. I had this conversation only a week ago with my team uh, and also actually had this conversation when I was working with another business. And I said, well, who's responsible? This was, there were two situations and it was like within the same week and it was a similar scenario, so I'll run through it. So I was working with, I'll go through the, this other business first. When I was working with this other business, I was working with them, helping them map out and to get clarity on what were their core outcomes that they were trying to achieve and the biggest bottlenecks and the biggest issues that were causing the most stress and issues in their company. So we're going through it. We're trying to clarify. I'm asking questions. Anyway, we get clear. We start building out a roadmap. And I said, excellent. So who's responsible for this one specific outcome? And they said, oh, there's three of us that are, that are all sort of responsible for it. I said, no, that's not going to work. And they said, well, all of us have like bits and pieces to provide for that outcome. I said, it doesn't work. They said, well, what do you mean? Because all three of us have to be, we've all got a a role to play in it. I said, there is one person who is 100% responsible for getting this done, the outcome achieved. And I said, who is it? Because I said, what will happen is when things don't go to plan and someone needs an ass kicking, I will walk or the, the business owner will walk across and say, right, how come this isn't done? And what will happen is you'll say, oh, I'm waiting for them. Then I walk over to them and I say, how come this isn't finished? And they say, well, it's because of this reason I'm waiting for them and it's it's this other person. So I'll walk to them and I'll say, hey, how come this isn't done? They go, well, I thought that they said this and I thought they were gonna take care of that. Now all you've got is, this is the scientific term that I'm gonna use. It's called a clusterfuck. 
You're going to have a clusterfuck in your business where multiple people are going to blame each other or they're going to go, well, I didn't know because I thought that. And then it's just going to end up this bullshit chaos, which happens in most businesses because one person's not responsible. So at any level of the business, you have to know who's responsible for the outcome. Now, you can have 10 people working on the project and 10 people can all play a critical role. But at the end of the day, there has to be one person who is 100% responsible for that outcome being achieved, which means it's their job to follow people up. It's their job to go, hey, are we behind? Where are we at? That's that person's job. Their job is to get it back on track, to keep everyone accountable, to make sure that shit gets done, to make sure that things are clarified, to make sure that communication is effective. All of those things have to happen. They have to come from one person. So when Jess and I, years ago, were running the business together, we still do run it together. But what used to happen was I would go and go to invest in something. So let's say I wanted to go to a course and I would say, honey, I want to go do this course. It's $50,000. And she would go, you can't. And I go, why not? And she said, well, because there's other things that need to happen in the business. And I go, oh, okay, now I'm pissed off. Then what happens is a month later, something goes wrong in the business. I go back to her and I go, see, I knew I should have gone and done this course. If I'd done it, I would have fixed it. We wouldn't have gone through this. So now I'm pissed off and blasting her because she wouldn't let me make that decision. And then there were other times where she would go to make a decision. I'd go, nope, we can't do that. These are the reasons why, and I'd hold her back. And I would look at her, and she would look like she's being suppressed. So what I noticed was that when there wasn't one key decision maker, you both blame each other. And that that was a massive eye-opener in our company. And so I ended up pulling Jess aside one day. We went out for breakfast, and I said, right, if you want to be the CEO of the company now, if you look at any great company, there is one CEO, chief executive officer. This is the person that runs the whole company. And if Things don't work out in the business, it's their fault 100%. Now they can go and they have a leadership team. They might have an executive team. They might have a bunch of managers. But if they're not getting the results, then they go down their management line and they go and kick their asses. And if there's a team that's not working, then that manager gets in trouble. And then they go and make whoever's sort of dragging their feet in their team accountable. So when you have these accountability lines and these accountability change in, in the business, it is really easy to see who's responsible for what and where things start to break down. But where most business owners go massively wrong and where most leaders and managers go wrong is that they let multiple people be responsible for the same task. And then all that happens is it creates blame. You get people who complain, you get people who bitch and moan, and it's the fastest way to destroy your business culture. So anyway, I'm out with Jess and I said, look, if you want to be the CEO of the company, you can be the CEO. Now, by the way, we only had like four staff or five staff at this stage. So it wasn't like, you know, we're the CEO of this huge company. It was just that when you look at a leadership hierarchy, it's like, who is the final decision maker in this company? Who's the one who, when everything falls apart and turns to shit, whose fault is it? Is it mine or is it yours? If things work out though, then who's the one who gets thanked? What does that look like? And I said, if you wanna be the CEO and you want all the stress and the hassles and the head fucks and all that stuff, take it on, it's yours. And she said, well, I don't want all that stress. And I said, excellent. So what you're saying is it's okay for me to step into that role. And she said, yes. And I said, well, here's the rules of that game. If I'm that person, I have final decision on everything that happens in this company. Full stop. Now, when you say that to your wife, that's not going to work out well. So obviously, you know, she's pissed off and revs up a little bit. And, oh, but what about this? And what about when this happens? And, you know, I also have to manage the finances and blah, blah, blah. And so anyway, I said, okay, well, let's create the rules. And so we created rules of the game. And what it was, was at the end of the day, everything that happens in this company is 100% my responsibility. And anything that goes wrong, the buck stops with me because I am the head of this organization. So therefore, every decision is my decision at the end of the day. No questions asked. But... As an intelligent leader, there are other things that other people have high skill sets at and high competencies at. And so therefore I need to value their decisions. But if I let them make decisions and those decisions go wrong, then it's my fault. And so what we said was, okay, if you manage the finances, 
any decisions that are under, let's say $1,000, you can make that decision and it's up to you. It's your choice. But anything over that, we need to get together and we need to communicate. And so we started We started creating rules. When it comes to marketing, who's responsible for the marketing? Now, there, I'm, I'm still in multiple roles in this company. So I'm the head of the sales department, but I'm also the CEO. I have to make sure that I communicate with the marketing team. Now we have multiple people in the marketing team, but we have one person who's responsible for the marketing. And then they manage the people in that marketing team. We have multiple people in the area of finance, but at the end of the day, Jess is the one who's 100% solely responsible to make sure that the finances operate in this company. Since we did that, everything runs so much smoother because you know what the lines of command are or the chain of command. If you don't have that, you're gonna have multiple problems in the business. Also, if you go back and, and I recommend that you read this book because it's a great little book. It's, it's Jocko Willick, it's Extreme Ownership. Okay, he also did another good one, which is the dichotomy of leadership, I believe. But what he spoke about, because he's an ex-Navy SEAL, he said he realized in the Navy, if you have to lead more than three to five people, there's probably going to be chaos and miscommunication. So he had a rule that you create multiple leadership levels where someone can only be responsible for a maximum of three to five people before it goes to another level of hierarchy or another level of chain of command. And well, I thought, ah, this is interesting. So we've done that now in our business as well. There shouldn't be any more than three to five people underneath another person or communicating with that other person. Now, it doesn't mean you need to create a specific role for them, but you might have a leadership team. You might have a senior leadership team. You might have a senior implementation team. You might have a new implementation team. Like you just create these words that essentially show the level of hierarchy. And then what it does is it creates clear lines of communication and clear responsibilities. So if you're listening to this and you don't have them, please go back and please make sure that you set them up effectively because it makes a massive difference. So coming back to the topic, which was that you can tell someone's dedication because what will happen is that most people will keep creating smoke screens because they make multiple people responsible for decisions. They always have to go and ask somebody else. They will wait till one day or they will delay making a decision which then just keeps wasting time. And then when most people waste time, they start to become reactive. And then when they become reactive, they actually fuck up their decision-making and they don't tend to make great decisions. And so because of that, then they start doubting themselves even more for the next decision. And so over time, their decision-making gets worse. Whereas if you're someone who's highly skilled, you will understand that the more decisions you make, the better you get at decision-making, just like anything else in life. And so the best business owners and the greatest achievers that I've ever come across are normally really great with decision-making. They make decisions fast. They make a lot of decisions. They push hard. They will just commit to things and then figure out things along the way versus everybody else is always just delaying things, okay? It's not their decision. They'll blame someone else. They have to go and ask someone else. It just destroys their decision-making ability. So what I do know is that great business owners get better with decisions over time. The majority of the population get worse with decision-making over time, okay? And that's all that it is. And then the people who are normally bad with decision-making keep wasting time. Then they beat themselves up for, for not only bad decision-making, but for wasting time. Then when they waste time, they become more reactive. They get more stressed out. Then they go to make another decision. They do something stupid. Then they beat themselves up and they think that, you know, it's the decision, it's, it's a bad decision, but it's just that they haven't honed their decision-making skills. They don't even know what they want. And that's also another thing is that people who just del delay the inevitable don't actually know what they want. So the majority of the week that I talk to people over the phone, most people don't actually know what they want. They can't identify what the problem is. They don't know what the solution is. They don't know the direction that they're going. They don't know what they're committed to. They're normally committed to about 15 things all at the same time and trying to achieve multiple things, which then doesn't work. They feel like they're spinning multiple plates. It just, it's an absolute chaos and clusterfuck in most people's lives. Anyway, I hope this helps Driven Mofos. So if you're one of these people and this stuff's resonating with you, please make sure that you really hone down on what's important. 
So you wanna get really, really clear with what your mission is in life. You wanna get clear if you've got a business, you wanna know what the business mission is because that's the long-term objective. Then from there, you wanna work backwards from there and get clear with what the vision is. What does it look like? Then you wanna create clear values around the company who, who do you want to work with? Who don't you want to work with? What does that culture look like? Because that's going to be one of the greatest defining things in the marketplace. If you don't know what your values are, and I would say that probably 99% of the business owners on here, if not almost 100% of the business owners on here, who haven't done one of my courses would not know what their values are. They'll have something like kindness and honor and respect and all that shit, but they're, they're not clear values. The majority of business owners, if you're not using your values every week in your hiring strategy, your firing strategy, in your leadership meetings, in your team meetings, if you're not consistently talking and reinforcing those values, then they're not the values. They're just some arbitrary words that people have made up, which is the case in most businesses. You've got to get super clear because that creates your culture, that creates your marketing strategy, that creates your point of difference, that becomes your hiring strategy as well. So all of these things, I call it a market wedge because it just wedges your place in an industry and people go, okay, I know the difference. I either like you or I don't like you. If you don't have a repulsion strategy and people don't like you, then you don't have a clear attraction strategy where people can actually like you. You know, I know that our part of our market wedge is I'm pretty flat out like I'm high energy. I'm an intense dude. I probably swear, but maybe a little bit too much. I don't know. Some of you love it. Some of you don't. Uh, and that's cool. People will want to work with me and other people don't. And that's fine. That's perfect because it creates an amazing hiring strategy for us. Because there are people every week who come to me and say, I'd love to work with you. And I go, no, you don't because you will last a week and I'll kill you. Then there are other people who are like, dude, I'm going to keep pushing and I'm not going to give up. I will keep asking until you give me a fucking job. And I'm like, ah, you're my type of person. Let's see what we can do. But anyway, I'm not allowed to hire anymore anyway because I'm not. I tend to uh, see people for better than what they are and what they have the capacity to do, not what they can actually deliver in that moment. So um, my team hire people. Uh, I normally come in for the final interview, but I, I see the best in everybody, which is why I guess I'm a great coach. And I always see what people have the capacity to become and can do, but that's not a great strategy for hiring, especially when you know I tend to hire people because I just like them and then I try and develop all these skill sets in them. And after a while, I just get frustrated, especially when they start giving up or burnout or whatever. So my team hire someone because they're competent, <laughs> different hiring strategy to me. But um, I do know how to build that culture and stuff like that in, in the businesses. And that's normally what most people don't do well. So please make sure you're really thinking through this stuff and just get really, really clear. Sometimes it's not what you're prepared to do that matters. It's what are you prepared not to do? What are you prepared to give up just in order to stay focused? And sometimes in order to be a good decision maker and you've got to decide what not what not to do. Also as well, in order to be a good decision maker in order to achieve the things that you want, you've got to have those tough conversations, whether it's with your husband or wife or your intimate partner or whether it's with a board of directors or whether it's with people around you and, and set out clearly to find boundaries. Because if not, then everyone keeps crossing them and then everyone just ends up, everything just ends up a shitstorm and no one knows what to do and it just becomes really, really hard to make decisions and then people get blamed and and it just, it ruins the culture. Anyway, I hope that helps River Mofos. If you haven't jumped across to our No BS Business Hacks Facebook group, just go to the search bar on Facebook, type in No BS Business Hacks and it will come up. You'll see it says No uh, BS Business Hacks for Driven Mofos. I'm posting content, tips, tools, templates, all that stuff in there where you can just go in there, download templates. I'm doing Q and A's on Wednesdays, I believe. We have Focus Fridays. I do Mindset Monday. Tuesdays is all about uh, wealth creation, finance, all of those important things to do with money, uh, sales and marketing. Thursdays is all about operations and operational efficiency in the business. So uh, jump across if you haven't already done so and uh, get in that group. Anyway, have an awesome day, Driven Mofos. Remember, never underestimate the dream.